And it's time for the Gore and More Podcast. Gonna have a good time. Gonna have a good time. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We're going on now. A ball break, walking hand in hand in the moonlight. We'll be the sweets all day. I swear, we'll never part. We're going on now. A ball break, running in the sand, feeling alright. And what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Gore and More podcast. This is your host with the most, TJ Bowser, and joining me as always is Big Johnny D. What is going the fuck on, Gorehounds? And the killing machine himself, Bobby Amone. What's killing, motherfuckers? And Tyler Robofuck. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, come on. So, when the time you guys are listening to this, it is October 31st. It is Halloween, and we present to you a very special Halloween episode as we are reviewing the 1978 classic Halloween. But before we get to that, a little slice of life. John Dranscock, what did you do this week? Dranscock. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> No, man, nice short week. Did, you know, fucking normal bullshit work. Uh, did a bunch of Halloween stuff with the kiddo this weekend. Uh, they had a little trick-or-treat thing down at the mall, and then we hit about, like, three other trunk-or-treats, so she got pretty loaded up this weekend. It was pretty good. Uh, went to the movies on Sunday. Hey, John, got can you sit my... back a little yeah. bit and talk? Absolutely. There we go. I, uh... <laughs> I, uh... Got to rock the verses again this weekend, which uh, made me very happy. Play a little bit in that. And uh, other than that, man, watched Halloween for the millionth time. Loved it nonetheless. And uh, excited to just be here and uh, fucking talk on this shit. Tyler, how was your week, bud? It was great. Again, I watched Halloween uh, multiple times, million times before, but I got to enjoy it with my wife. So that was that was pretty cool to get her going into these movies now. So that's awesome for me. Other than that, work. Now I'm sitting here talking to you, beautiful bitches. Ooh, we're beautiful. <laughs> oh. Am I a pretty girl? <laughs> what about you, pretty girl? <laughs> well, let me tell you something, boys. <laughs> no, it was it was a good weekend. I um, I was helping my my, my buddy Chris got me. Uh, with him, I was at a pet store with him, literally taking pictures with um, dogs dressed up and everything. So I was dressed up as Jason. And it, it was a fun time. It really was. I swear to God, the dogs were fucking cute as can be. So it's not every day you see Jason Voorhees taking pictures with puppies. But don't be, ju- <laughs> don't be judging out there. Don't be judging. And then yesterday would, I was at a- Would Jason kill a dog? No. He never did. Michael would. Yeah. Well... He doesn't like every fucking movie, I'm pretty sure. He's got to eat something. Two, two movies. <laughs> He's got to eat something. But um, <laughs> And then yesterday I had an event in Asbury Park. I was uh, I was dressed up as Jason as well, taking pictures, selling some prints. Uh, Halloween Horror Bazaar was the name of the show. I got invited by my, my other friend, Chris, who got me on the NECA box. So I was doing that. And then it was a good weekend. TJ, what's your slice of life, bitch? Okay, so I watched Strip Nude for Your Killer and Night School, and then I found out that both of those films are about the same fucking thing. So, <laughs> Don't you hate that? I Which do. one are we reviewing? Uh, probably Night School. 
you got yeah. yeah, you guys will like it. Uh I think if I didn't watch Strip Nude for Your Killer first and I just watched Night School, I would have been like, Yeah. But I've like I watched it and I was like, I know the ending. I know the fucking <laughs> Talk about a boner killer then. I know Fuck. it totally killed my chub. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I pissed all over the inside of my girlfriend's car. <laughs> so long story short. You can't stop uh, going once it's going, man. It stinks. So long story short, I drank a bunch of Diet Coke, didn't want to stop at a rest stop, tried to piss on a bottle. She hit a bump, and I ended up pissing all over the dashboard, windshield, and door, and then she gave me nothing but mini towel, well, mini tissues to clean it up with. So, yeah, that's how my week's going. But anyway... At least it wasn't shit. At least it wasn't shit. Uh, exactly. Pull over. No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. <laughs> let's get on. Tic Tac, sir. Uh, let's get on to this fucking review. This is take two, by the way. We tried to do this the first time, and we totally fucked it up in true shit show fashion. <sighs> it was a wolf. Halloween 1978, sure. directed by John Carpenter, written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, produced by... Deborah Hill, starring Donald Pleasance as Dr. Sam Loomis, Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, uh, Nick Castle as Michael Myers, and The Shape, aka they're the same thing, PJ Souls as Linda Van Der Klock, whatever, Nancy Kyes as Annie Brackett, Charles Cyphers as Sheriff Leigh Brackett, Kyle Richards as Lindsey Wallace, Brian Andrews as Tommy Doyle, not Paul Rudd, music by John Carpenter, cinematography by Dean Gundy. Edited by Tommy Wallace, Charles Bornstein. Distributed by Compass International Pictures. Released by October 25th, 1978. Released on October 25th, 1978. Runtime of 91 minutes. Budget of 325000 Gross 70 million. And now I got to pull up the trailer once again because just like the first take, I am by no means prepared. And hopefully I find a better fucking trailer. That I did last time because the last one kind of sucked a little bit and it was really long. But, you know, I actually think the trailer for this is actually really long. Oh, here's the modernized version. Let's watch that. Boss, play that trailer. I'll be right back. Play it away. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Go for it. This is the modernized version. 15 years ago, I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I'm babysitting the door. The Wallace's leave at seven. That fucking throws you off. Holy fuck. The boogeyman. The boogeyman is coming. There's no such thing. Halloween night, it's when people play tricks on each other. It's all make-believe. The boogeyman can only come out on Halloween night, right? Right. While I'm here tonight, I'm not about to let anything happen to you. Promise? Promise. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's a title one good scare, huh? He's been here once. He's on his way. Tonight. Families. Children all lined up in rows up and down these streets. You're telling me they're lined up for a slaughterhouse. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff.
different. Fuck that this, was, was different. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what did you call that? The modernized one? Yeah, I liked it. It was, uh, I can see why they went with modernized because they use the, uh, they go with the old school slowed down version of a song. So, like most horror movies do now. Plot rundown Johnny D. Let me get this shit. Alrighty. On a cold Halloween night in Haddonfield, Illinois, in 1963, six year old Michael Myers brutally murdered his teenage sister after she had sex with her boyfriend. He was a 30 minute man. 30 second man. Sorry, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I was giving him credit on that one. Fuck. Damn. Right? It looked like Michael. That, that, that's not credit. That is. Oh. Continue. <laughs> That's a different road, Bobby. <laughs> That's a different <laughs> rabbit. That was a different rabbit hole on that one. Mm. Um, Michael is then locked inside Smith Grove Warren County Sanitarium, where he is placed under the care of Dr. Sam Loomis, who is the only one who sees the pure evil within the soul of Michael. Evil! Evil, 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 evil. <laughs> evil, 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 evil. On October 30th, 1978, Michael escapes from the sanitarium. After witnessing the escape, Dr. Loomis heads back to Haddonfield, where he knows Michael will kill again on Halloween night. Michael begins stalking three teenagers, Lori Schrode and her two friends, Annie and Linda. With the help of the town sheriff, Loomis hunts for Michael and hopes to put an end to his grisly murder spree. Six times! I shot him six times! <laughs> hey, that's the sequel. We're not there yet. So nope. before we get into the behind-the-scenes bullshit... Let's talk about what this film means to us. John, start it off, baby cakes. Oh, man. Um, well, this is one of definitely the first horror movies I've seen. Uh, probably saw it when I was like eight or nine. My uh, Aunt Sue, rest in peace. Uh, she she showed me it back on fucking VHS, ripped off of like some other VHS she did back in the fucking day. I didn't care. I was scared shitless. It was her favorite one. Matter of fact, not that you fuckers can see it, but at least the gore more people can. Got the sweet Halloween VHS right here. I have the rental one that they had. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, but no, man, this is this is it, dude. Like this movie is it, it set a standard. It changed it changed the game. It made a it brought a whole new era of horror, and. You know, this is probably one of those ones where if you could ever have like a movie that you could have erased from your memory so you could see it again for the first time, I would probably say this would be one of those ones I would love to see again for the first time. I like, guess, yeah, it, okay. It, yeah, I, I agree. Dude, like it, it, it sets a bar, man. For for the budget, it had no fucking budget. It had no name actors besides fucking uh, fucking Pleasy there, Donald Pleasant. And uh, <laughs> fucking pleasy, <laughs> Doctor Pleasy. Oh, um, <laughs> well, you're you're you are right. I mean, dude, and what Carpenter did, you know, with everything—the score, the movie, the fucking—just dude, it was fucking knock out of the house, knock out of the park. And uh, I absolutely love it. I feel like you, uh, Bobby, and TJ probably actually hold it to a higher regard even than myself. Um, You're probably right. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna lie, dude. I'm a Friday boy, probably more than Halloween. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I can't love them fucking all. So exactly, that's that is 100 true. Bobby, you're, you're next. Okay, well, like John said, the movie set a stand. 
somebody basically put it the best way they can. It was before Halloween and then it was after Halloween. And that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Because before Halloween, like you had Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is one of the scariest movies ever. But the killer himself, although iconic, was, you know, he he, he was not recognizable at first. Took him a little bit. Michael became recognizable kind of off the bat. It was a simple look, a white face, jumpsuit, terrifying. You didn't know what you were going to get from him. And Carpenter directed, wrote it, did the music. Everything about it was great. And, John, I know you're a Friday boy. I'm a Friday boy, too. But without Michael, there would be no Jason. That, oh, yeah. Full that out, is, dude. That is a 100% truth. I don't care what any director says, writer says. It's like, oh, no, we had an original. Let me tell you something right now. It came from Halloween. You have no choice but to accept that. The I, only thing I will say, if I can jump in here just real quick. Go for it. I Listen. I've already given Halloween my credit where credit is due. I will say the one thing I feel like unfortunately kind of gets overshadowed by Halloween and actually did come first. And maybe John Carpenter didn't borrow ideas from it. That's fine. You know what I mean? There's that whole thing of like universal collective thought bullshit. But Black Christmas. Now, Black Christmas came out well before Halloween, dude. And it was a great fucking slasher. Had some crazy fucking moments. Uh, It did. No. But, But Halloween, just like I said, dude. It stepped up that bar. It gave us the serial killer genre that we all know and love and pretty much what this fucking show is even all about. So I'm going to, you know, people credit this as the first slasher film. I'm going to go off and say that's wrong. 1974 strip nude for your killer is technically the first slasher (laughs) film. It is the first. (sighs) Listen, I thought Bay of Blood was. I thought Bay of Blood was 68. Oh, really? Well, this one is credited as making the modernized slasher film. And I'll tell you why point of view shots the focus in on the knife and the focus mm-hmm. on killing women hmm okay uh, I mean technically I feel like you could even start it at Psycho for starting at the I want to say mo- more the modernization of where horror movies went with serial killers okay. I mean you were coming out you were coming out of the 50s, which you're still rocking Universal Monsters fame, dude. I mean, fucking Gilman didn't even come out till the fucking 50s, you know? Yeah, that's true. So, right. So now you got Hitchcock dropping movies in the fucking 60s and Psycho, he produced with his own fucking money. But that was pretty much one of your first fucking crazy slasher mama boys right off the bat. I mean. The mama boys but, started before that, yeah. But, once again, even though those might have been you know, points in the hill, dude. Halloween just fucking was like, nope, we're Carpenter fucking took it to a next level. And like Bobby said, dude, the 80s was literally an entire ripoff of fucking Halloween. Any slasher you've seen, Halloween did it pretty much. Or it was homaging it, stealing it, whatever. The only factor that they can't say about it was the gore, but the fact that there wasn't that much gore and it was still fucking scary, that's what gets you. Right. Robo, uh, Robo fuck. what do you think, man? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I gotta stop fucking up the name. God damn. I fucking uh, in in one word, perfection. I guess I would I would go as high as that. It's set a bar for me, you know, in, in just all movies. I mean, with the writing, the directing, the acting, the score, I mean, I can't beat it. The cinematography. 
Yeah, the cinematography. And the cinematography. Mm. Yeah. So, Sexy. Let's get balls deep into this fucking masterpiece. Jamie Lee Curtis has played Laurie Strode in films released in five different decades, from the 1970s to the 2010s. This film, Halloween 2 in 81, Halloween H2O in 98, Halloween Resurrection in 2002, and the shit show Halloween 2018. Carpenter showed Halloween. <laughs> and going into the... Uh, what the next ones are what 21 and 22 yeah i think they come out so yeah there's six decades fucking a dude carpenter showed halloween to an executive before it was finished he showed the movie without the music the executive didn't find it to be scary at all after the film was released and she saw it she changed her mind an indication of how carpenter score adds to the film's atmosphere three days Three days. With Three the piano, with the fucking piano, days. With a piano and a th- synthesizer. There's a, uh, in the, and I don't know if you mentioned it already, um, in the documentary that TJ either will mention or has mentioned, uh, Carpenter talks about how his old man taught him uh, five-fourths beat instead of four-fourths, if anybody knows what I'm talking about. And that's what he used actually to make the entire synth track for Halloween. Fuck yeah, mm-hmm. man. Was just that bit. Uh, he, I guess he learned on bongos when he was a kid. He took that fucking beat pattern. And fuck it. That's, that's how we have what we have today. Fuck yeah. So the original script titled The Babysitter Murders had the events take place over the space of several days. It was a budgetary decision to change the script to everything happened on the same day doing the reduced number. Whoever the fuck is standing up messing with stuff, I'm going to fucking stab <laughs> that's you. Bobby. Bobby, cut the shit. This isn't amateur hour. It was a budgetary decision it, to change Bobby. the script to everything happened on the same day doing the reduced number of costume changes. You fucked me up and the locations acquired. And it decided that Halloween, the scariest night of the year, was the perfect night for this happen. We'll wait till Bobby's done. Hold on. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm here. I'm here. Go, go. Sorry. I'm trying to get a charger. Sorry. This is something you do before the episode, you turd. Okay. So John Carpenter considered the hiring of Jamie Lee Curtis as the ultimate tribute to Alfred Hitchcock, who had given her mother, Janet Lee, Lee, Lee. Why is it spelled Lay? Legendary status. Of the female leads, all the girls are supposed to be in high school. Only JLC was actually a teenager at the time of shooting. John Carpenter and Deborah Hill have stated many times over the years that this did not consciously set out to depict virginity as a way of defeating a rampaging killer. The reason why the horny teens all die is simply that they are preoccupied with getting laid, that they didn't notice that there was a killer at large. On the other hand, Lori Strode spends a lot of time on her own and therefore more alert. Well, if fucking Ben Tramer would get off his goddamn fucking ass and do something, you know. She would have been one of the dead ones. She probably would have been. God damn it, Ben. It's okay. He gets his due in the second one. In the documentary short Halloween Unmasked 2000, 1999, actually, it was revealed that the crew had chosen two masks for for Michael Myers to decide on. The first was a Don Post Emmett Kelly smiling clown mask that they put frizzy red hair on. This was an homage to how he killed his sister, Judith. John? Yeah, um... They had that. They said they bought that, and then the uh, William Shatner mask. And um, they tried out the first one. The crew was they they thought it was creepy. You know, had the big smile and everything like that. Or I'm sorry, actually, I said it was a frowny one. Um, but uh, once they did a little bit of tweaking to the Captain Kirk mask, I think they said they bought it for a buck. They bought a dollar can of spray paint. Uh, spray painted the hair and fucking 
cast and crew loved it, and that is what became the stuff of fucking nightmares for forty goddamn years plus. That that mask started a trend. Did they try a Spock mask as well? Uh, there was talk of a Spock mask, but I don't think they actually ever tried that. In the documentary, the dude, uh, the costume designer said he only went and got two. So I mean, unless there was a random person got in the it was, it was a it was a rumored one, but no, they they never did try a Spock mask. That the mask you saw, and if you look underneath, you see it starts to wear as the movie goes on on the neck, and then by number two, it was a silver paint job because it just deteriorated so much. They said that somebody else had the mask, and they like were heavy smokers too. Well, no, Deborah was a heavy smoker. Oh, okay. So mm. she, but she kept it in a shoebox. It was kept in a shoebox under the bed, and then when they came time for Halloween too, just you look at it, it's the paint's chipping away. It's a silver-looking mask. And then after that film, Dick Warlock had the mask. He had the costume for years. His what a fucking was- great name. Dick Warlock. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to on that one. But- <laughs> and then what happened was um, he sold it to somebody. And then if you've looked up recently within the past year, the deterioration of the mask, the eyes are all enlarged. The mouth and chin are pretty much gone. And it was not well kept, but now it is inside <laughs> of everything. So it pretty much ended up turning into like a Walmart version of itself. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> no, no, no. That mask is better than any of the Walmart versions. That That's I can tell you. So, John, uh, as the film was shot out of sequence, John Carpenter created a fear meter so that Jamie Lee Curtis would know what level of terror she was she should be exhibiting. I wonder if this was like a Bush's terror thing back in like fucking mid two thousands. Like she was always in orange. <laughs> <laughs> So John Carpenter's intent with the character of Michael Myers was that the audience should never be able to relate to him. Very interesting on that one. The story is based on an experience John had in college touring a psychiatric hospital. Carpenter met a child who stared at him with an, uh, with a look of evil, and it terrified me. Okay. I could see that just because if you, if, if you can kind of feel with the, you know, that character, it's going to take away from the fear. Yeah. Straight out, like, but if you if you can't, yeah, if you can't like reason with it, anything, and there's just nothing you could do about it, dude. That's just like okay, this movie alone, like, yeah, we're full grown adults. The I'm sure it doesn't scare us, scare us, but the idea is like, dude, if you were to look out your window and you saw some fucking shadowy figure carrying some girl out of the garage into the fucking around the house. Yeah, I'd be a little fucking creep the fuck out. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> right. Well, not only that, in terms of not relating, he also puts it that there is no backstory as to why you can or can't relate to him. Yeah, exactly. Which is which a little tangent real quick. Give me give me two, give me a minute, which is why I, I, I obviously love the series, but I love the original so much because there's no intent on Michael. Yeah, there's literally no motive for what he does. There, there, he, he does it because. What Luma says, he's he's pure evil. Now you fast forward to Rob Zombies, where there there is an intent. I I like the I love his version, but I still love the fact that in an original there is no intent. Fuck, I no no. I fucking love Rob. I am not done yet. I am not done yet. Throw this chair. I, I love Rob Zombie. I loved his version, but when it comes down to it, I love the fact that there's no intention in Michael. He gave him an intention, which was good for his film, which is perfectly fine. But 
to me, Michael, no intention. Keep him as if we have no idea what he is. See, I'm going to go on that. I, I, I can understand why people don't like it. Yeah. Because that is totally Rob Zombie's niche with the fucking, you know, white fucking trash family, blah, Lurie blah, blah, calls whatever. calls mother a cunt in the first five minutes of the fucking film. And? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and? I don't know. It's Rob Zombie on the title. Like, I was already kind of expecting it. Like, it just... <laughs> The only I, good like thing said, about that it. movie is the last half of it, you know, when there's actual Halloween <laughs> stuff going on. But, okay, see, and once again, I fucking love the original. I like Zombies version, though, because I feel like he took the original, took out about 20 minutes of walk scenes. Yeah. Took out about 20 minutes of walk scenes. And I like the intro because I feel like Michael, even uh, as he be- progressed to become more supernatural and everything, he still seemed always like that weird kid in the fucking neighborhood that would kill animals and shit. And I feel like zombie, that's why you touched on it. I, I, it could be just me, but I know Tessa would maybe agree. I agree. Sure. Shout out to Wicked Wednesday. <laughs> okay, so a young JLC was so disappointed with her performance that she became convinced that she would be fired only after the first day of filming. Oh, was she fucking wrong. Wamp, when her phone rang that night, it was John Carpenter himself on the phone. Curtis was certain it was the end of her movie career. Instead, Carpenter called to congratulate her and tell her he was very happy with the way things had gone. The fact that she was Janet Lee's daughter, not Lay's because I'm a fucking idiot, probably didn't hurt. According to Hill, Curtis wasn't Carpenter's first choice as she wanted the bitch from Lassie. Half of the 300000 budget was spent on the Panavision cameras so the films would have a 2351 scope. Donna Pleasance was paid $20,000 for five days of work, as he is the biggest star in the film. John Carpenter wrote the role of Linda for PJ Souls after seeing her performance in Brian De Palma's Carrie, a.k.a. the bloody fucking mess of that movie. I'll tell you what, that movie's yep. awesome. That is so fucking cool. Uh, in an interview, Mustafa Ukad, the granddaddy of Halloween, said that John Carpenter had envisioned making the movie for around $300,000. Coincidentally, Ukad said he was producing and filming a major motion picture at the same time, starring Lawrence Oliver, which was costing his production roughly around $300,000 a day. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. When Carpenter yeah. told him the fixed price of the film, he immediately funded it. Wow. All it took was the right not kind. Yeah. Halloween was shot in 20 days in the spring of 1978, made on a budget of 300000 It became the highest grossing independent movie ever made at the time. Sidebar. How many of you people, listeners, whatever, how many, noticed, how many did you notice like that it was actually spring and that you saw the same like shitty fucking brown leaves in every shot? Because they literally picked up a bag right. of leaves, put them out, <laughs> scenes done, pick them back up. And, and, if look, and if you look even closer, you can see the palm trees in the background. <laughs> shots. Well, it, it makes me laugh just thinking about that. Is like every shot they shoot, they're just like, then they send like two motherfuckers out. They're like, all right, scramble, get the leaves. Fucking recycling leaves in every fucking shot. Hey, any way to make it work. Hey, man, Damn it right. does. 
So you guys ready for this since we just talked about it? As the movie was actually shot in early spring in Southern California. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> As opposed to Illinois in late October, the crew had to buy paper leaves from a decorator and paint them in the desired autumn colors. It scattered them in filming locations. Wow, it's almost like we know too much at this point. Save money. <laughs> After it was filmed, the leaves were collected and reused. Wow! Do we even Woo! need these fucking notes? Okay, you know what? We're not even going to do this. Bobby, just tell us what the fuck you know. How many people played Michael? <laughs> All right. So, obviously, Nick Castle played Michael Myers. Yeah. But here's what you... There, there was, I think, if I'm correct, there's about five or six people <coughs> uncredited. Because he did not do the fall off the balcony. That was Jim Winburn who did the fall off the balcony at the end. You have the little kid in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So that's you three. Nick Castle, Jim, and the little kid. You have the guy getting when he's unmasked. That's Tony Moran, four. And now, technically, apparently, Deborah Hill yep. even said she played him. She was the shadow figure across the street. Yes. And her hand was the stabbing of, Ju of Judas. That's her hand picking up the knife. Question. But, the, but now, wait, wait, wait. Tommy Lee Wallace did the closet scene. Okay. And there is a rumor, I say rumor, I've only heard it through rumors, that Carpenter apparently played Michael in one scene. I think I have an idea which one it is, is when he begins to walk down the stairs chasing Laurie. It's, oh, really? It's rumored. Don't quote me on it, but apparently it's been said before, but how true is it? We don't know, but that was a rumor one. Are you guys ready to fight? You ready? Go for it. What color are the coveralls? In that one? Gray, gray, blue. They're not, they're not green. green. They're green. They're green. They're supposed, to, they're supposed to be green, but because of the film, the way it shows up on film and everything, it does look like it's more of like a navy blue. They I look think like it's a, they look like a dark gray blue. In the second one, they're green. They're green as can be. Yes. It's more See, like an olive question. green, like an army. That will yeah. literally never fucking stop. Hop on the Michael Myers forums. And you will oh, yeah. see the oh, shit yeah. show it's terrible. that is this. And there's like some of these elitist fucks who are like, oh, they're fucking gray. And if I have these original photos from this, 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 and I heard from this guy, I heard from this guy. And then, you know, it's it's literally a fucking fight that will go on till the end of time. John Carpenter just needs to be like, listen, motherfucker, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. You know what? John Carpenter, if anybody's actually watched him like do a panel or anything. That motherfucker would, too. He does not give a shit. He is just a fucking old man, and I love it, dude. I said he is, he is nice to me. Very nice, but... Oh, yeah, he, but he'll he tell you what it's right like. Like, don't tell him you like Halloween, too, because he's going to tell you straight up. He's like, dude, I was literally drunk the whole fucking time I wrote that piece of shit. <laughs> Listen to this shit. So the scene where the shape seems to appear out of the darkness behind Lori was accomplished by using the fucking dimmer switch on a light and slowly illuminating the mask. <laughs> yes, it was. And yes, it was. I, I don't, you know, what? I don't give a shit. I'm going to skip ahead and I'll bring it up again. Best scene. That was it. Hands down. But Loved it. You know what I love best about that? You just see a little bit of his eyes, just a little bit, because you see, you see the outline of the the eyes, and then you look close enough, you see these like beady looking eyes just looking to the side at her. It's fucking creepy. No, it was it, it's perfect. And every time I watch it, I'm always I know it's up in the top corner, but for some reason I'm always like looking like 
I'm never looking in the exact right fucking. No, you never. <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? Where's the fucking face? And there it is. And then it just, yep. And then it just happens, and you're just like, oh, fuck yes. Like my, my favorite part of that scene is watching him come down those stairs because he's like he's like ready to rip her to pieces. <laughs> he's like he's like fucking ready to go. I According love to he's on a Debra- mission. That's for goddamn yes. sure. According to Deborah Hill, the character Laurie Strode was named after John Carpenter's first girlfriend. Yep. Ooh. To ensure Michael Myers would break the window of the station wagon as Dr. Loomis approaches the sane asylum, a wrench was adhered to his forearm and hand, and it was then painted flesh-colored to hide from the camera. Okay. You, you can you can clearly see it. Freeze frame it. It's there. Yeah, I was going to ask that because it looks really weird. Um, it wasn't going to be one of my big questions, but it almost looks like he hits it with a rock or something. Because, yeah, you do see his hand come down, but then like yeah. when he pulls back and hits it, there's a circle in the middle of the glass, right in the middle of yeah. his palm, where there's obviously something pointed, but no it's, shit. It was a fucking it's, wrench. It's, it's a big wrench that comes to about that big, and he smashes it with it. Dude, that's a cool... They pulled that off. That's a cool fucking scene, too, man, where he fucking just monkey crawls up the uh, back of the fucking uh, station wagon. That was the main actor, too, right, Bobby? Yeah, that's Nick Castle. Apparently... He jokes that Carpenter was torturing him because the water was extremely cold. Right. It was like like, three in the morning or some bullshit. No, they did like six takes and they're like, oh, no, we're just doing this to torture you is what he says. But probably not really. But then it was like they did uh, that. And then like all of a sudden Carpenter was like, all right, turn the hoses on. And he's like, what? Yeah, yeah. That's the shit out of him. He was like, wait, what? I got to do this in rain. (laughs) But no, that was so dude. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, TJ. <laughs> Additional scenes were shot by director John Carpenter for the 1981 television network premiere. I don't know if you guys know about this. A meeting yeah. between Dr. Loomis and the two doctors from the mental institution where Michael is being kept. A really? Scene, yes. A yeah. scene where a nurse leads Dr. Loomis to Michael's room telling him who was supposed to be – oh, who was supposed to have been watching the patients. Once they arrive in Michael's room, she tells him he must have broken the window. The window glass with his bare hands. Then they glance over at the wall and see what he has written in blood. The word sister. That was written after Halloween two came out. Those scenes were done after that. And then the, the, um, the scene, I actually love the scene where he's talking to the two doctors. Cause you can clearly see those doctors have no fucking clue. Okay. Meanwhile, Loomis is trying to persuade them so heavily and they just don't care. Do, do they have a version of this on DVD? That's actually like with those edited in. If you, well, no, not edited in, I don't think, but they, oh. do, have, they do have the extra scenes, and they, they actually fit quite well. I right. Think. A shot I, of I liked them. a shot of Michael Myers sitting completely motionless in his cell. A scene where Linda visits Laurie Strode at home and borrows a blouse just as Andy tries to tries calling to borrow one. Yep. That. Yep. They're all there. So we could go on for days about behind the scenes stuff because this <laughs> film is literally a fucking treasure trove. But quite frankly, we don't have time and we're not going to do a fucking four hour episode. Why not? Who says we can't? What the fuck? Don't <laughs> Limitations <shit. laughs> on our website stop us. That's what. So, uh, Johnny D, what's your question, baby cakes? All right. Uh, well, I got a few questions. Uh, and Tyler actually brought up one of them. And that is, uh, who the fuck taught him how to drive? <laughs> yeah. That is the, a, dude, yeah. the dude was, in, when was he institutionalized? Six or eight? One of those two. But he's essentially been in there for 15 fucking years since he's been a kid. So and he never knew. Anybody that's ever driven, I don't give a shit. When you're the first time, 16, you hop in, 
You are not driving perfectly. And you're going to crash that bitch. Right. Like, it, dude, he just sped off like nothing, dude. Right. I mean, he did extremely well for not having a single fucking lesson for 15 years. That we know of anyway now. Well, and that's the thing. And it was brought up, too. It's like, well, how did he? He can't. Uh, who who said the main guy to. Luma said it. Luma said he got so many lessons trained him. Very well last night. Yeah. Maybe someone around here gave him lessons. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so no. I mean, it was it was really lightly played upon, you know, but it was it was never ever explained. So I mean that was the only question I ever had about it. And it might it might just be one of those things where it's like, you know what, you just accept it. It's right. not and so, that's, it's not something that you have to look super deep into. You're just like, dude, whatever, like you know what? Maybe you just figured it out. Like, well, well, I was just gonna say, like, technically, again, there is no backstory to Michael. There is no reason why he he's pure evil. Evil has to find a way to get around in human form. As much as he could get around quick just by walking, there has to be another way. So maybe that was the logical explanation. As we can't have him teleport, he's got to drive. How do we fucking get him there? Right, right. Like, so maybe that's the way of thinking to kind of have with it. Maybe Jason okay. should have taught Absolutely. him how to morph. What's that? Jason should have taught him how to morph. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Force Jedi style. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got a, I got three more questions actually. I got a couple of them. Surprisingly, even though we've seen this movie a million times over. Um, right, bring it on, baby cakes. Let's go. Now this is a quick one. The sit up at the end after he was stabbed when uh, she was in the closet. You believe? Do you believe that was inspired off of old maybe Dracula movie? Ooh, that's a good question. Hmm. That's something I've never. They've never really touched on, but he does the straight fucking like corpse sit up. And to me, that's that's old school Dracula, man. Like, could could be wrong. Maybe you know, maybe just maybe you, you might be right. Gorma listeners, okay. tell us what the fuck you think. <laughs> right, John. Real quick, I'm gonna touch on that ending scene real quick. Yeah, when Loomis goes over the balcony and looks at and looks that he's gone. Carpenter asked him before they shot that scene, "How do you want me?" Or no. Donald, no, no. Yeah. How do you want? How do you want me to do this? Do you want me to be like surprised that he's gone, or do you want the look of I knew this was going to happen? And I believe Carpenter actually said in that documentary that uh, two thousand, the way he said it was uh, uh, God damn it, Pleasance, Pleasy, uh, Pleasy came up to him and pretty, he already knew what he wanted to do, but he put it in Carpenter's court and he's like, "Listen, I can go about this two ways," and he gave him thing and. Carpenter is even like he's like he already knew what he should have done, but he wanted yeah. to hear me say it, and he said that's actually uh, that's how uh, Carpenter sold him on the movie. Yeah. He said he wasn't going to do it unless Carpenter really fucking like explained it and like showed his passion for the project, and like once he did, he was like, "Yep, I'm fucking let's do this." Yeah. But uh, and you just so I, you, oh, watch the, you watch the ending, you know, you don't even have to. Right, right, right. So I got two more questions. And, uh, okay. So when Lori and Annie are driving around smoking that big old fat J right before, uh, they run into Annie's dad at the hardware store, the hardware store was broken into and the sheriff says only some rope and some masks were stolen. Now the alarm's going off. This has got to be like what five, six in the fucking afternoon. They already got out of school. 
They went home. Annie's already picked her up. So, like, did this place close down and was just broken into? Has the alarm been going off all fucking day? Because Myers has been stalking her for the last, like, four fucking hours already. And that was at, like, 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning because what the fuck are you showing? Joe Castro and Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, oh nice. Shit. But, John, that's a good question because technically when they're going to school, that's what? 8 o'clock in the morning? Just give, right. or, give or take 20 minutes? So, yeah, now that you mention it, yeah. And she was in class when he's staring at her across from the way when they had that first, you know, iconic yeah. shot. But, so when like I said, he's already been stalking her all day, but when they pull up and, which, that's also another question. There's no fucking way that father didn't smoke that, smell that J. They were just hot boxing in that car for 20 fucking minutes. They're like, oh, my God. Yeah, this is going to get rid of it. Oh. Anybody that's ever hot boxed in the car knows you fucking roll them windows down. That shit pours the fuck out, dude. <laughs> fuck yeah, dog. <laughs> All right. So. That that's a weird one. I'm assuming I'm assuming nobody probably has really an answer to that one, but unless one of our listeners does. But I, I think it's just probably a time issue, you know. Maybe it was something they never really looked at per se. Yeah, I think I think that would probably be it. Maybe it was because like it was only shot in 20 days, right? So I'm sure that had to play a factor in. But yeah, now that you mention it, it's like yeah, he had that thing all fucking day. Okay, and my last question would be. Is uh is Linda's boyfriend Bob a pedophile? I know where you're getting this question from. I think if I'm do correct, you? I hope you do. When he's talking to Linda in the van, mm-hmm. we'll rip Lindsay's clothes up. Yeah, okay. Now I see where you're fucking getting the question from. Yep. Um, because well, I gotta tell you something. Based on that question, go oh, yeah. Unfortunately. Now, this was brought up to me, uh, I was reading it somewhere else, and so I made a note to look for it, because I've honestly never noticed it, or at least heard that line. Tyler, don't be afraid to jump in, man. Yeah, man, go right ahead, dude. No, you gotta, no, this is, no you're no, all like, the points that I would even think of. Like, I had just remember uh, watching that scene, and it just, I kind of had to go, what did he just say? Right, and I double, I double take the dude, I reversed I rewound it because I was just like, I was like, maybe he meant to say Annie, but no, he definitely said, and he says it oh, twice. He says it plain as day. Right. So it's like, well, it's not, because f- she even said, he go, or, uh, she says uh, Annie will distract her. And he's like, okay, right. He's like, go upstairs, take your clothes off, take Lindsay's clothes off. Got it. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> and I was like, exactly. what? I was like, bro, she's like 10. What the fuck? So, yeah, if anybody has never noticed that, there's a little bit of a pedophilia there in uh, fucking home, or Halloween. There. Not that fucking much. So, hey, it's there. The next question is, who is the douche of the movie? Would Ben Tramer be the douche because he never showed up to fuck Lori? No. That's, no. Mm, I have to say Bob just for the pedophilia thing. Okay, we're going with pedophile <laughs> Pete. You're going with <laughs> Pedophile Tyler. Pete, he says. Before this, before I I really thought about it, the douche of the movie to me would have been the one that was in charge of Smith's Grove that told Loomis it's out of his hands. It's not his problem. Mm. You know, you have a serial killer, somebody, you know, that sick in the head loose and it's not your problem. 
it's not your responsibility. Yeah, you're a fucking dick. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Uh, was a little kid bully. I was gonna say you could almost even throw him in there for uh potential right. runner up. Yeah, you can. There you go. What the hell is his name? Oh, um, think. Lonnie, Lonnie, Lonnie. Yeah, get your ass away from there, Lonnie. Fucking <laughs> best line delivery ever. And listen, I, you know what? I know I knock on 2018. Okay. But there was a little line in there, and maybe Bobby knows what I'm talking about, but there was a little fan service. And um, Laurie Strode's son-in-law, so the husband in the movie, he talks about his daughter's boyfriend's father. And he mentions it's fucking Lonnie. Yeah. Yes, he does. So I don't know if they're going to go farther into that in like the next two sequels, but I just, I thought that was kind of at least a cool little nod. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So yes, absolutely. Okay, fucker. So let's get into these sexy ass questions. Favorite kill. I'm going to mm. say the, the choking in the car for me. Oh Ooh. God, this movie. Jesus fucking Christ. Hey, can I ask you a question on that? Yeah. Did he fucking slit her throat at the end? Cause it's really kind of hard to tell. Cause like it almost looks her. like he hits her on the side. But then when you see her in the bed, it looks like there actually is a knife. No, he did, he did slice the throat. But it was, like, so look, fast. Because if you look, he brings the knife around there. Or maybe it's not a slice. Maybe it's a stab to the throat because there's nothing to oh, the Oh, maybe. There's nothing to the head. What do you got, Tyler? My mic almost fell. <laughs> What's that? My mic um, almost fell. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Tyler? Uh, favorite kill. Uh, it's got to be the the stabbed into the door, and then Michael just looks at him and tilts. You know what would have been funny? Somebody should do that, and then overdub the Arnold. Stick around. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love it. Yeah. Damn it! Now I want to watch Predator. <laughs> Everybody get that answer. Yeah. No, uh, I, yeah, I didn't do it. Bobby, yeah, I didn't go either. Go ahead, uh, Bobby. Well, I'm extra because I got two. <laughs> um, I love the door. He comes out of the closet, and you see him one hand this motherfucker up against the wall and stabs him. Michael invented the one hand choke, plain and simple. And he looks and, he does- him, and, and he looks at him like a dog. Yeah, I fucking like, love it. He looks at him like, hmm, this is what I just did. Let me admire this. If I could at least note on that really quick, the cinematography in that scene is fucking dope. Just with the like foreground shadowed out, but the moonlight coming through in the center and you just yeah. see their kind of silhouettes on each side. Like you don't fully see Michael, but you see enough where you could tell his head, head is turning and you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like you could see his head shaking as he's doing it. And another side note in the original version of Halloween six, his head is shaking again when he's electrocuting the guy. He's like getting into it, like fucking, like, <laughs> fucking shit. And then my other favorite kill, Linda. I like Linda because it's a struggle. Like, and, See you, hear, that? and you hear him heavily breathing. Like, he's just like, he's getting into it. it it's okay. So it's funny you mentioned that because actually, here in my handy dandy notes, I have uh, Linda <laughs> as my main kill. And, oh, uh, all right, and all right. Bob was my, Bob was my secondary kill. Uh, stuck to the door but i did like linda's because a you got some titties in the kill but b that it, i mean listen i'm not saying getting stabbed when it fucking sucks but getting strangled with a fucking phone cord i mean that's 
that's taken a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, that's that's that cool. sounded like a bad orgasm, too. Well, yeah, and the other like thing is, like, she, she was kind of getting off on it just a little bit at the same time. Right? Ooh, harder day. Okay, Daddy. so best scene. Oh, shit. You fucking suck, dick. I think we already talked about it. The, the Dude, it's the dinner scene. The dinner scene for me, hands yeah. fucking down. I love that. Oh, okay. Well... I mean, there's a lot of them, but... Ty, go ahead. Uh, When she... At the very end, when she's telling the kids to leave, and then all of a sudden you see Michael just sit straight up and then tilt his head. To me, that that was my number one best scene, just for the way it made you feel, and Lori had no idea until he was right up on her and attacked her. (sighs) My, My favorite scene... Uh, coinciding with John, when you see the face come out of the light, but the minute the piano starts with the the shape stalking music and the whole stalk. Why don't you scene, sing that for us, Bobby? Say it again. Why don't you sing that for us? I'm not singing that. No, no. <laughs> dump, dump. But dump, dump. I, I love that because dump, dump. <laughs> you see her topple over those stairs, and you see him looking over, like trying to, like, oh, you're down there, and he. He glides across the floor and and just goes for it. And then my other one, the whole opening scene, because there's not one single cut in that opening scene. I was going to say, uh, I mean, it, it leads into our cinematography question, but that or almost even when he was uh, when he first ran into Tommy Doyle at the uh, school. Yeah, I really yeah. like that whole scene because you had a. It, it panned in, went to a stagnant shot, essentially, of seeing the kids come out. Yeah, it had the close-up of the pumpkin break and shit, but it went back to the stagnant shot and then run him run into it. And then it just followed him right after all that. And just that whole nice fucking pan up to him. like, Which I love how everybody in this movie is just has terrible situational awareness. Mm-hmm. Nobody yeah. fucking notices the one car that is just consistently following them around a tiny little town. I don't know about you guys. I'm paranoid as fuck, dude. I notice that shit all the fucking time. Absolutely. No, man. Like the whole movie, dude, it's just, there's so many good scenes, dude. It is almost hard to break it down. The the beginning scene, dude, like the first time you see that and you don't know what the fuck's going on. You don't realize he's a kid. None of that shit, dude. That is just, that's just like a holy fuck scene, man. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's, there's a reason why zombie, when he redid his, he did it his way. Cause there's, he knew he wasn't going to be able to touch on that kind of an opening scene. Like that is just dude, the, the everything about it, man. TJ, did you give yours? Yeah. He had the dinner. Tyler, you, you did too. Yep. So yep. did the opening scene hook you in? Yes. Of course. Yeah. Best hits, hottest girl. Uh, okay, I think Lori's hottest in H two O, but that's just because I have a milf fetish. But uh, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, TJ. It's a totally okay. Oh, absolutely. But uh, you just love a ruler, Judith. <laughs> oh yeah, Sandy Johnson is. Uh, yeah. yeah. See, see, even now. Like I, oh I, yeah. I mean, she's got that old gilf thing going on now. So. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
We're learning yeah. a lot. You today. just gotta like, knock the dust off, off, and you'll be set to go. Grab a bottle of Astro. Yeah. <laughs> Sixteen seconds. Uh, I would have to say, I get, I get Lori. I still, because I love that long hair. Really? She does it for you, huh? You like the fucking? Uh, I'm telling you, you like H2O long- Lori. I just want her to like stand over top of me and scream at me. Uh, listen, I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm going to go with the. I'm going to go with the, uh, the tried and true bimbo, man. I'm going to have to go with uh, fucking Linda. Okay. I don't know, man. She's. <laughs> yeah, well, she, she she's got the best tits. Well, a she shows a she shows them. B she's down to drink. D, C she's down to fucking some random person's house without even giving a shit. So I mean, that's a fucking with the jack right lantern on the table with a killer passing right by, breathing heavy. Can I can I say that, this for that anybody that has balls? You know something? Her and Lori, <laughs> I'm gonna go with both. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying, like that scene right there, and especially with Bob talking about being a weird pedo with the child of the house as well. Is the reason I don't want outside people watching my kid. <laughs> I don't want some random. You fucking hire a babysitter, and all of a sudden their friends are fucking on your bed. Yeah, I'm like no, that's not happening. Uh, Robo what you got, Tyler? Yeah. Who's your uh, Who's your hottest titties? Robo. All you. Linda. 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 boy. Okay, so did the score set the mood? Fuck. Fuck. Is that even yes. a question? Take that question out. That's a yes. Score okay. 10 out of 5. So I'm not even going to ask yeah. best song. We're just going to move on to favorite character. <laughs> I was say, it, A, there was no songs that I could think of. Yeah, there's no songs. The whole sco- How about the whole score? There yeah, the whole fucking, the whole shebang, baby. Favorite character, Michael. Michael. Loomis. Loomis, Michael. Yeah, Lori. <laughs> was the it whole sc- cast? Was there it was no bum character? Was it scary? Uh, yeah. When we first watched it, fuck yeah, absolutely. I, still, I actually still find it scary today, but I just know what's coming. It's yeah, that's true. It, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not the jump scares or anything. It's just more the actual like whole thought and idea of it. Just that, dude. You know, Annie's fucking honking on the horn. Nobody goes see what's going on. Lori literally goes up to another fucking person's house. They just turn the fucking light off on her. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> like, dude, this shit. You're it, it. It shows you. You're just like, man. If I was in a situation, I'd still be fucked because nobody's gonna help me regardless. So yeah, pretty much. Okay. Unless you got some crazy fucking psychiatrist with a six shooter. But <laughs> the next question does it hold up today? <laughs> oh yes. Oh, my camera switched. Oh shit! <laughs> Hi, John. You're a whole other angle. What okay. the fuck was that? So I don't know. So does it hold up today? Yes. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, was the acting good or bad? Great. Great. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Do I mean, your adults are right there. Your teenagers acted like teens. You know, they said dumb. You know what the shit, problem but... with reviewing movies like this is? Is that we're just going to agree on everything. The movie no, Listen, the movie we did 12 out of 10. It's a great fucking movie. We're going to end it on that note. Right fucking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Did you like the cinematography? Robofuck? Fuck yes. Transcock. Dude, absolutely, man. The car shots, the static shots, the, the pullaways, dude. The fucking pullaway when they do the reveal of Michael right in the beginning as a kid. I love that. It was just yeah. like Michael, and then fucking they stand still, and then just the fucking full see the house, everything. That creepiest part is that kid's face. He's just like, yeah, the walking POV shots, dude. Um, 
And then there was something actually I wrote down from the documentary that uh, Carpenter really liked from the cinematographer. And I wish I wrote his name down. Unfortunately, I don't have it. Um, the biggest thing that he liked his cinematographer to do or his cinematographer liked to do was use blue backlight. Yeah, yeah and, that's, that's uh, Dean Cundy. Thank you. Cundy! Uh, and <laughs> the best thing with that was it helped the mask really pop out in those scenes that you see it. Yeah. Like the dimmer switch. And that also and could like be that. why uh, the coverall question is a thing. What's that? That could yeah. also explain why the coverall question is such a thing. Correct, yeah. and that's probably where you get more of a blue tint from coming off the green because you got a lot more blue stage lights on the back and the front. So now I've seen a screenshot where uh, Lori has is like on the couch and Michael's like over top of her. Is and that where right before where she uh, stabs him in the neck? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a still taken from that scene, and those fuckers are greener than shit. Well, then maybe they are green. And the the first one is always a weird one. You know the second one is fucking green. Yeah. It's it just, shows. It's, like I said earlier, it's going to be an ever, ever never-ending yeah. debate. And uh, John, real quick what you said before with the blue tint. If you look at the series, mm -hmm. a, a good number of these movies are are backlit blue. Like four, 4 was a very blue movie. 6 was a very blue movie. 6, very. very, Re very. Resurrection was blue. Like, yes, they're all very blue backlit and it works well for, for these movies. I will OK, say. here's some trivia for you fuckers. What director made H2O? Steve. Martin. What, Steve Martin. what other two films is he known for? Friday 13th, part two and three. OK, <laughs> did you guys know that? Wow, I did wait, here's wait. that's why we got Bobby here. Here's a question. TJ, who's the only director in the entire series to direct two movies of Halloween's? Ooh. Let's go. I expect you to know this. Would it be four and five? Nope. Wow, that would have been my guess. Because wow. Carpenter didn't direct any two or only, 18. He produced them. Carpenter directed the first one, was right. on the second. Third one, he was the composer. And okay, who producer. was it? Rick Rosenthal, he did Halloween 2 and Halloween Resurrection. Oh, okay. No sh wait. Oh, wait. Okay, Here, here's another trivia. I'm going to fucking get you guys real good right now. Fuck for yeah, all Bobby. For all you's listening. So, Dick Warlock was how Michael Myers <laughs> Halloween 2. So, here's one. What movie was he the stunt coordinator on and who was the main character of this movie? Uh, was it part five? Yes. Dick Warlock was the stunt coordinator on Friday the 13th, part five. And Tom Morga yep. was all of the imposter Jason and dream sequence. And he was Michael Myers in Halloween four for about 40% of the movie. Hey, speaking he of was, part five, our interview with Deborah Voorhees is up now. Yes. Share, I shared it before. Everybody who's listening, share it around. Listen to it. Get to it as quick as you can. It's a good interview. So do you like the premise, boys? Absolutely. Hell yeah, dude. So uh, I'm going to say rating, but I'm going to guess we're going to give this fives all around. Um, no, that's 12. 12 out of <laughs> Okay. Fuck you, it's a 12. <laughs> so this, <laughs> this, is, this is our third perfect score movie. Well, what, are, what are our perfect movies before this? Uh, Lost Boys? And Alien. And Alien, okay. Which Tyler was joined us for that one, too. Yes. Yep, and that's where I was privileged for. Okay. Fuck yeah. 
You know, but no, man. Oh, go ahead. Okay, so that's we're gonna get into our discussion part of the episode now. You know what? I recently watched the Kill Count for the Dentist too. That's a movie that we're gonna be doing next year. But uh, (laughs) do you know what the you know what the uh, subtitle for that is? I do not. Brace yourself. (laughs) No shit. Wow. That's awesome. I hope that goes with the quality of the movie. Oh my god, the quality is fucking atrocious. That's is it another is it another uh, HBO special? Uh no, I don't think it is. Oh, it wasn't? Oh. So Dude, if if I don't mind and I I know you and I kind of talked about this, but uh now that Bobby's here as well. Um Shudder. Mm-hmm. New creep show. Have uh, you gone to partake at all? I am still I'm behind. I'll try and get on it this week. That's all I can say. No, no, no. That's Listen, man. I've only caught a little bit Thanks to Shutter TV because I popped it on one day. I didn't know what to watch, and they were showing uh, part of episode three. Fucking loved it. So I only saw like it, ten minutes, dude. I'm totally sold, and I can't wait to go back and start from the first episode. I know I want to start on it between this week and next week because I've been hearing some good things about it. So I want to get started on that because I love the movies. I loved Creep Shows one and two. Have we watched any of the slashers that I have recommended to the Gormore Boys yet? Uh, I started Haunt, and I – what was the Australian one? The Furies, right? Yes. I started that one, too. I got to finish those. Uh, I uh, The Furies, dude. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm going to save my review for when I <laughs> – Did you get to the, the face? Yes. What did you think I, about that? Bro, I uh, I don't think my wife would have probably watched it with the issue. <laughs> it was one of those where I was like – I was – I was on the cusp. I was like, oh man, dude, I'm either, I'm fucking falling asleep, but I'm like just wide and awake, wide enough awake where I was like, ah, maybe I'll start a movie, dude. And I didn't want to end it, but it was like fucking 3.30 in the morning. The premise premise alone is fucking incredible. Dude, it's, yeah. So if anybody listening, man, I know you've probably heard us talk about it before, but if you do have a shutter, check out Furies, dude. It's, it's fucking oh, dope. I'll, I'll be trying to get that this week as well. And I saw parts of Haunt. I got to finish it, but uh, it was good. the part that I saw. Oh, uh, yeah. Ooh, actually, yeah. speaking of shutter, also, uh, funny enough, so this episode was originally supposed to come out on Saturday. That was our idea. And we were supposed to continue with Chad's pick for this Monday. Uh, things happen, so we didn't do that. But once we talked about we were going to do the Halloween episode today, I uh, decided to hop in on Shutter on Saturday, and sure as fucking shit, Joe Bob Briggs was doing a live fucking the Halloween hit No shit, oh yeah, yep, he was covered, <laughs> dude. So I jumped into the last literally twenty five minutes of the fucking movie, which is obviously like you know like the best fucking part of the fucking movie. So I watched that before I even. Watch the full version again. So I watched and uh, listened to Joe Bob Briggs talk about it a little bit, which was kind of nice. And it was really fucking random that it just <laughs> happened to be on at the same time we were talking about it. But that's awesome. Have you guys checked out any of his other shit on? Shutter I've Dog? watched all of the Joe Bob stuff, even going back to the Monster Vision stuff back on TNT. On TNT? Yeah. Uh, Bro. I'm a big Joe Bob guy. So Joe Bob Briggs actually was the first. Uh, place i saw army of darkness when i was a kid dude oh, back on monster vision oh, yeah oh yeah i remember i was uh staying the night at my grandma's house and i was watching my aunt and i were watching it and i was like oh this looks cool and she's like what is this shit and i'm like it's army of darkness we're gonna watch it 
Fucking so yeah, I have a question for you guys. I think Chad's gonna agree with me. Uh so when we finish our sequels next year, do you guys want to do a whole month of Jallo films? Sure. I'm down for anything, dude. Go for it. Like some real artsy fucking shit. (laughs) Well, we can we can uh we can broad our basis however we want, man. And if the fans want to hear us cover anything else, man, let us know. Uh anybody listening, if you're not in the Facebook discussion group. Jump on in. It's just Gordon Moore discussion group. I actually had a guy in there the other day, and I know you guys already saw it, but I go, uh, he, he said something. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it on the podcast, which I will. Is uh, He was asking about Three from Hell. And um, I was like, oh, we'll talk about it on the podcast this Monday. He goes, well, what's the podcast? I'm like, you're in the fucking group, you son of a bitch. Like, Jesus Christ. Wow. But uh, on that note, he actually... Ex- Actually, he did. Uh, I did get to see Three from Hell finally. And, and uh, I don't think. <clears throat> so if I was going to give a quick review, I did like it. Uh, however, watching it, and maybe you guys can agree, I feel like Rob Zombie's just getting a little tired, if that makes sense. Like, the movie's really good, but it felt almost kind of like a little bit of a carbon copy can I, of Devil. Can I just tell you something? Uh yeah, go ahead. On Bloody Disgusting, they had the reviews of uh, Three from Hell and Doom Annihilation the same week. Doom Annihilation got a higher higher score than Three from Hell. Well, Doom Annihilation actually looks pretty dope. Dude. I'm not going to lie. I'm a huge Doom fan. And even though it's supposed to be a cheesy movie, it's, I don't know. I was pretty I was impressed with the trailers and I, shit. I watched. I actually have it. And I think it's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah? yeah, I heard it's pretty good, especially the last like 30 minutes or whatever. Is oh, yeah, it's insane. full Doom, bro. It's full fucking Doom. Which is great, because you know what? I love the 2005 one. I don't give yeah. a shit if anybody fucking hates that or not. That last scene, Dude. that first-person view, oh, beat my dick raw. Oh. Well, <laughs> yeah. And then it took us fucking, like, 10 years to finally get Hardcore Henry to actually get a whole fucking movie like that. Yeah. But, uh, no, man, it, it's... Fuck, I lost... <laughs> I forgot the fuck you lost yourself. I lost train of thought, dude. Derail. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, going back to the Giallo, though, man. Yeah, I'm down for that. I was actually going to say, if, uh, however we want to start moving, man, if, if if people want us to start going into, like, even J-Horror or fucking... We can do the uh, Ringo series. Yeah, uh, there's that. What's the other one? What's the Grudge one? But they call it something different. What is that called? Oh, um... <sighs> I can't even fucking think of it. Oh, they announced but the I... Grudge remake today with a trailer. Oh, did they? They did. Hmm. They're remaking that. Is it a remake or is it actually a? Con- I thought it was a continuation of the 03 one. I got now. I got a question. If we did pick uh, Jallo films, what would your picks be? Mine would be strip nude. Oh. Would zombie technically be considered one? Yes. I don't know if that would actually be. No, it'd have to be Jallo. It'd actually have to be like the the subgenre. Hmm. I didn't know if that would fit in there because I if know that was kind of the over. If it doesn't say Argento or Bava, don't bother. <laughs> All right. And I would have to look one up because, honestly, I'm a little... Ooh, uh... What about Twitch of the Death Nerve? That's Ooh. Mario Bava. Yep. That's his dad. Close enough. <laughs> Same last name. Yeah. Uh, I think the only Italian film we've done to date is Demons. Which <laughs> I actually got a buddy to uh, watch the other day. What did he think? Because of that. Uh... I, he hasn't told me yeah i i was just like i was showing shutter and i was just like listen dude i'm like yo if you're in for an older movie i'm like i, I explained it pretty much like how we 
did on our podcast. I was like, yo, it's pretty much a zombie movie, but it's called Demons. So yeah, I'm uh, like, that pretty much sums it up. I'm like, it's a dubbed movie, but it's not terribly dubbed. Like you only notice it here and there. Mm-hmm. I go, but dude, it's a great class. I, I told him to give it a watch, dude. He's a big poor guy. My, like, he's kind of like me, dude. He was, he has his comfort zone. And this show has definitely helped me get out of my comfort zone, which Speaking I can appreciate of that, for sure. You guys don't get a lot of fan interaction uh, other than John with his buddies. And I, I normally take the blunt end of that. And uh, Tyler, actually, Tyler, tell these boys what the show has done for you personally. It's made me look at movies in a totally different way. I mean, like I said, I've watched Halloween a million times, but now I got to watch it again with a different, a different point of view. A different eye. I did that with Return of the Living Dead, Alien. I mean, everything that you guys have sent my way, I can I can appreciate it more. And especially, especially with Jason Goes to Hell. That movie struck the biggest chord with me because it was a movie that I never full heartedly understood. But after hearing what you guys have said about it, talking with TJ, talking with Adam Marcus, I have the biggest biggest level of respect for you guys for adam and just for what you've done for me i mean really made me feel like a part of something so i can't thank you guys all enough we appreciate your fans the hell man (laughs) support the hearts of darkness everybody out there go fund the indiegogo go give it some love please that was a beautiful segue bobby <laughs> yeah, if you guys are out there listening, uh, we are at sixty, almost sixty percent on the Hearts of Darkness Indiegogo campaign. That is the making of the Final Friday Friday documentary that I so gladly get to do the social media marketing on, which has led to me getting shadow banned on Facebook. So if you don't see me posting anything, that is not my problem. I got shadow banned twice for Hearts of Darkness for the Jason Goes to Hell fan page. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! And I've gotten four medals on there for sharing all of Hearts of Darkness, and I'm a pendant. <laughs> with Adam Marcus. I can't wait to get that thing in. Mm-hmm. Uh. Fuck, dude. This, it, it's, it's great. And, uh, you know, Tyler's not the only uh, gorehound to reach out to me. And actually, John Dranscock actually finally is the one who coined the term for our fans that are his gorehounds. Uh, I'll tell you what. I just love you all, uh, especially Dan Stockwell. Not just Gore and Moore fan, but fucking Dubak fan in general. This guy took two weeks of his life and listened to every fucking episode I've ever produced in the history of fucking ever. And this fuck guy, yeah, Dan, oh, you rock. Fuck yeah, Dan. that's a good man. And then shout out to filmmaker Sean Reynolds, another huge supporter of the show. Jeremy Brown, director of Vengeance, another huge supporter of this show. And uh, Dustin uh, Dietrich, also super big guy on this fucking podcast i'll tell you what the guy loves this stuff and the amount of feedback that i get you know and i'm not exaggerating by any means every monday i will wait about 10 minutes after the episode and i'll get about 40 messages saying thank you or hell yeah and then i'll wait an hour to an hour and 20 minutes however long it takes them to listen to the episode and then i'll get the feedback and it's all (laughs) at once so i find myself being like my girlfriend be like, why didn't you text me back? I was like, because you got lost in the vibrations, bitch. Like, <laughs> notification, 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 notification. Exactly. And uh, if you, also, I'm not saying bitch is a bad thing. That's just the way I talk to everybody. So don't think that I'm mean to my girlfriend. She is my fucking queen. So she would whoop his ass anyway. Exactly. But 
I love all of you gorehounds. You guys are so awesome. It literally is the reason that I get behind this microphone every week and spend all this fucking time editing and producing and setting up interviews for you guys. Speaking of interviews, speaking of interviews, next week I have George C. Romero on Rabbit Hole, followed up mm. by Edward Chiodo of the Chiodos Brothers. If you guys know, directed Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Hey. Yeah. And then on the Gordmore podcast, I am working on Makeup Effects Man Robert Kurtzman. Nice. And Stunt Girl, aka Agent Marcus and Jason Goes to Hell, Julie Michaels. Yeah. The smoke oh. show that she is. And I know I got a lot of cool stuff in the pipeline. A lot of cool episodes coming for you guys, constantly working day in and day out. You guys can ask John and Bobby. I am constantly. I know nothing. I just work here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's something that Bobby says. You know, Bobby's my proverbial Bobby guard. When we go to uh, conventions, he walks around with me. And, you know, anybody, anytime anybody asks a question to Bobby, he'll just look and say, I don't know. Ask him. I just work here. And he'll I just fucking work here. You answer anything else outside of that. That's fine. Other than that, I don't fucking know. And, you know, other than just uh, gorehounds out there, I just want to thank every single one of these do-back uh, website staff, you know, from podcasters to writers to editors, just stuff like that. We have we are 20 strong now over at do-back discussion. And we have eight shows. Uh, Full time going on. Uh, John, do you remember all eight shows that we have? Oh, boy. All right. Uh, All right. I'm going to start with uh, obviously the granddaddy that started all. We got Dubek Discussion podcast. Uh, Your Star Wars hype, all the time, uh, up to date news, uh, trailers, toys, comics, you name it, you got it. They got that shit locked fucking down. Uh, We have our sister horror podcast, Wicked Wednesdays, with. Tisa Wicked. Uh-huh. Uh, we know we got Bobby on there every once in a while, and uh, she breaks down. She talks about her horror side and uh, different things like that. Check out hers. We have uh, shit, Dubak Daddy over here. He's got a couple of them under his belt. He's got the big old one uh, down the rabbit hole with uh, Mr. Mick Strawn. And I'll tell you what, man, if you want to listen to some fucking stories, <laughs> throw it up, throw it up there, because Mick, Mick will yes. take you down some fucking rabbit holes, as the <laughs> podcast is called. Uh, TJ's also got another one, if you guys are huge wrestler fans out there, called Jerk the Curtain. Uh, all your up-to-date uh, wrestling. What's, what's the new, uh, what's the one you told me the other day? I'm sorry, I'm really bad at the federation that you just saw. AEW. AW. That was the one with Jericho, right? Yep. T- uh, Tyler watches it with me, actually. Uh, oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yes. Yep. Which, by the way, uh, I know you told me, but how was the show? Fucking incredible. Uh, J- uh, Stubby and I got, like, really close to the fucking ring, and it was absolutely wonderful. And we got to see the fucking in-ring return of Diamond Dallas Page. And, you fuck know, yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what. Just, just as a fucking fan from WCW days. Uh, it's simply amazing, and the pop when he fucking came out was fucking incredible. I bet you felt that shit. Oh, I felt it. I felt it down to the core, <laughs> and I got like I got like a half chubby from it. It was incredible. It was it was the best time of my life. Fuck yeah! Um, but following up after our uh, wrestling with um, Jerk the Curtain, we also have our one of our newer podcasts, Dubak Sports, uh-huh. for all your up to news uh, sports. Uh, Bullshit. I don't, I'm not a sports guy. I'm not going <laughs> to put anything on 
everything from uh, baseball, basketball, football, you name it, you got it. They, they'll have it fucking covered. Uh, I believe we also have, what was, uh, what's Mick's other one? Uh, Dream Warrior Dream, Review. Dream Warrior Review. Thank you. Uh, and that's it. Am I missing? That's it. Holy I shit. I got them all. Yeah. And Gormore, of course. Well. <laughs> and you can find all of those on the, oh, we haven't, we haven't, uh, played our commercial. Oh my God. Man, recommended. Kill us, dude. Holy shit. <laughs> Play Spot. something quick because I got to go to bed soon. <laughs> <laughs> so here is our quick commercial break as recommended by who? Uh, Mr. Dale Silva. Silva of Cabin 13. Where 13. The f- <laughs> there we go, boys. <laughs> Fuck me. Hello there, creepy girls. Spooky things in horror movies. Then Cabin 13 has the stuff for you. Check out their selection of horror-themed props, bins, busts, action figures, collectibles, and more. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to visit Cabin13.com and buy something, or I'll kill you! Marcio Charlie's Horror Costume Studios. Premium hand-sculpted latex masks, busts, and hoods. Everything is handmade and painted by Marcio himself. Be sure to check out his wide-ranging selection of products over at Facebook and Instagram at Horror Costume Studios. Hey, you out there. Hey, listener. Take a look at yourself. Want to know why you look like shit? Because you are wearing Dubak merch. Take your ugly ass over to dubackdiscussion.net and click on the merch tab. Pick up some hot fucking swag, then you can become a sexual Tyrannosaurus, just like us. Come on down to Mass by Lance. Premium Friday the 13th custom-made hockey mask. Down there in Tennessee by Lance McKinney. Find him on Facebook and Instagram over at Mass by Lance. Go order one now, boy. Yee-hoo! <laughs> I fucking love it. Well, dude. yeah. Thank you to all of our sponsors oh. out there. Goremore has seven sponsors. Uh, there's a lot. And we love you all. We do. Uh, Cabin 13, Hawk Maniac, Mass by Lance, Horror Costume Studios, Horror School Customs, Michael Labati Studios, and My Nirvana Collectibles. All of you wonderful sponsors out there, thank you for supporting this show. Thank you for promoting this show. And thank you for all those sweet fucking discounts we get on your products. So, you can listen to all of those wonderful podcasts that John mentioned earlier over on the lovely dobackdiscussion.net your source for pop culture and much more and also on all your favorite pla- podcast platforms such as iTunes, Spotify and Google Play a new episode of Gore and More every Monday new episode of Dubak every Tuesday and Wicked Wednesdays on you can fucking guess it Dubak Sports on <laughs> Thursdays <laughs> you know somebody asked me when Wicked Wednesdays come out once Get the fuck out of here. I swear to God. And Fridays, uh, we have Hall of Heroes. Saturdays, Rabbit Hole. And of course, Sundays. Oh my God. Sunday is Church Day. I forgot fucking Hall of Heroes. Oh, that's what you forgot. It's Hall of Heroes. I'm so sorry. At least you didn't forget an important one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know what? If Chad was here, he would have said that anyway. So we're going to go with it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. We got to keep that shit going. You act like Jared doesn't talk shit on their shows. Yeah, you fucking know he does. I don't listen to Jared. (laughs) If you want to listen to a sweaty boy get sweaty, just, you know. (laughs) I'll listen to myself at that point. Exactly. Well, guys, thank you for listening to the Gorobor podcast. This is your host, with the fucking most, TJ Bowser, signing off.
This is Big Johnny D saying, see you later, Gorehounds. This is the Killing Machine, Bobby Amon, saying, I'll kill you later. This is Tyler. Keep it bloody. That a boy. Incalculated silence, captivated by the violence I replay from 15 years ago today. An evil evolution will bring a feeble institution to its knees. Oh, doctor, can't you see that when the hands are fade fall on the midnight hour behind this mask of hate? I told the devil's power. These are the devil's eyes. Yeah. <laughs>